Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Tech Talk. You are here with me today, Arye Lightstone. We have an incredibly exciting show for you. We are sponsored, as always, by our dear friends at Adorama Camera. More, much more than just a camera store. You can visit them online, as I'm sure many, many people have during this end-of-the-year season at Adorama.com, or visit them in person, as I've taken the time to do, and it's well worth it, at 42 West 18th Street. Go see them much more than a camera store. And uh, one of the things that I've noticed recently, spending a lot of time on their website, check out the Daily Deal. You'd be surprised. It's not an impulse buy. It's quality, quality, quality um, merchandise at, uh, at ridiculous deals, quite frankly. Ridiculous deals. Anyways, you're listening to Tech Talk here with R.E. Lightstone. We are on the Nachum Siegel Network. Check us out at NachumSiegel.com, jmintheam.org, and as always, sponsored by Adorama Camera. When trying to explain to the guests that I was going to have on today what exactly it is that we do on Tech Talks, that's a great question. We try to bridge a little bit of the innovation that we've got in Israel. We try to bridge some of the cutting-edge things that are coming out, frankly, from all over the world, and we've had guests that represent companies from all over the world. Uh, Today, the two guests that we have on, to me, exemplify the best of the best in terms of exemplifying a a startup, hard work, um, no-excuses attitude. both working from from young ages in very creative fields and letting their creative juices and their skills shine in a way that maybe some of the more traditional fields uh, that they would be involved with if if they didn't have this opportunity to go out on their own in entrepreneurship uh, wouldn't necessarily be there. So today we're really focusing on young entrepreneurs, both from the New York area, uh, both doing things that uh, that to me are incredibly inspiring. And our first guest today is Yaakov Rosenberg. Yaakov, are you there? I am here. Hi, Hi, Ari. How are you? I am doing great. Thank God, Yaakov. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm thank you. excited to be here. Thank you for taking the time. I'm excited to have you on because I-, I follow you on Twitter, and frankly, we haven't been in a lot of uh, what I would call in-person contact. But it's a funny thing, I guess, with social media. I feel like I know what you're doing, and uh, and not that long ago, and you'll, you'll update us in terms of precisely when and where, uh, it seems like you went out on your own with a company that uh, that seems very exciting, uh, Mirage Media. So tell us a little bit about uh, about when you went out on your own and what Mirage Media is. So it's not exactly going out on my own. It's more a part-time thing. Okay. I did start a uh, web design business um, based out of my house, but I do it after hours in my real, real full-time job. Um, I started doing this uh, on my own back in, in July of this year. Uh, the business is actually growing pretty pretty quickly, and uh, I'm very excited about it. So I do social media management and web design for my full-time job, and I figured I can easily do this kind of thing on my own. So I, I, took, I took the time. I took some uh, of my friends and, and family and even built their their company websites for them. So um, I started back, like I said, back in July. I built two websites, for my one for my sister-in-law, who has a psychologist office. Um, she has her own practice. And I built a website for my brother, who runs a flag football league in the Teaneck area. Um, I, I also started with two websites for the shuls in my neighborhood, built those, and... Uh, and the business has really grown from there. Okay. So, Yaakov, when you say build websites, so to me, you know, it's sort of like when we sit around the Shabbos table and I'm like, yeah, I'm doing an addition, uh, which, you know, my wife would like me to say at some point in time, but when it means I'm doing an addition. It doesn't really mean I'm doing anything. You know what I'm saying? It means I'm paying for somebody else at some point in time to potentially put, you know, an addition on, on my house or the neighbor's house or whatever else it would be. When you know, we've had some of the entrepreneurs and some of the tech people come into our uh, come onto our show, and they describe what it means to to build. Most of them really aren't doing the building. Are, are you doing the building, the the construction, the design of the site? So yes, uh, a lot of the sites that I do, I've done from scratch. Some of them I've taken from templates. Others I've taken using templates that I've used in other places. But a bunch of them I've done from the scratch. I mean. I do web design and development, so I know how to code. I know how to work with JavaScript. I know how to work with uh, with HTML and CSS. So those are all coding languages that are pretty straightforward in uh, in today's world. But um, you know, there there is still a lot of back end work that I do. But if if a client wants something done pretty quickly and I don't have time to sit there doing from 
excuse me, from scratch, then I'll take a template that somebody has just put together, just swap in some colors and, and their their content, but a lot of the stuff can be done, you know, fairly quickly that way. Okay, so that's very interesting. Let's drill down a little bit deeper in terms of this coding. I, you know, I'm sure you're aware, uh, but my Twitter and email was a buzz maybe a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, uh, take an hour to code. I think was the was Zuckerberg's initiative. I think the founder uh, and one of the majority shareholders of Facebook, uh, Code Academy. You know these various different things in terms of coding, and you know my eyes sort of glaze over when uh, people start talking about this because I'm not technical at all. Where did you learn uh, your? Comp- I, I guess it's called computer science skills. Your your programming skills. Where did you learn them? When did you realize that you can turn that into a profession, both a full time and and you know uh, 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 <laughs> more than full time because a second job as well. Right. So back when I was in, in YU, I took uh, management information systems, and I took the coding there. It wasn't as intense as somebody who would necessarily take computer science, but uh, we did business-level coding. And from there, it took me about seven years of my professional career to realize that, hey, I should be doing this because I did enjoy it, and it was um, something that, that made sense for my, my line of work. Um, and then once once that took off there, I brought to, to the attention of my boss at my, my full-time job and said, hey, I could do this for the company if it's something that the company needs. So uh, it was, and it, it really took off from there, spawned into my own business after hours at, at home and, and really, um, you know, advancing my own skills by taking online courses and even um, taking some, some courses uh, in other places like, um, one one specifically that I'm doing right right now is udemy.com u d e m y dot com. They do they had a nice promotion last week that was ten dollars for any course. So I took I, I signed up for a bunch of them. I, I've already planned to, to advance my skills that way. Okay, good. So that gets to the second component, which is you learned in MIS, and I recall taking an MIS class. I don't recall anything that I learned in the MIS class. I, I think they were teaching me, you know, Excel. And it might have been copy and paste, but I'm sure I was in a different level class than you were. My question was about continuing education, and it sounds like you preempted that. How active do you have to be? How how uh, proactive does one need to be in terms of making sure that they're up to uh, the latest cutting edge in terms of coding? Uh, or is that only if you're programming things on, on a very high business level, but to be able to go and do uh, you know, what you're doing, uh, how would you frame that? How, what's the context of that continuing education? Well, I think it's very important. I mean, especially in today's website world, um, internet world, things change on a daily, monthly, even even quicker basis. So you have to stay up with what the clients are looking for, advancing your own skills to make sure that you're meeting your clients' needs. So it it, it goes without saying that you have to be on top of your game that way. Um, you know, th- there's there's multitude of places to learn this stuff. But finding the best place that works in your schedule is also very important as well. So I don't always have time to do it during the day or even in the evenings. I, I make sure that I make time to do it so that I, I stay on top of my game. Okay, so that's critical. you got to stay on top of your game. you got to keep going with the continuing education. Let's assume I'm a guy. I'm listening on the radio show right now, guy or a gal. I'm listening on the radio show. I've got a company that I feel is not uh, being adequately promoted, uh, or I've got a brand-new idea, and I'd like to develop a web presence for it. And I go to Mirage Media, so M-Y-R-A-J, media.com, and I get in touch with you, Yaakov. What services, how do you walk me through what you can do for me with my program? Well, I basically have a a short conversation on the phone with you, uh, figuring out what your business needs are, what your informational needs are, whether or not you want to get a product out, you want to get your company out there, but really just understanding what your business does and then I could take it from there and determine what, what the best course of action is. I just did a client recently where we had a conversation that he does a bookkeeping company, and he had a basic, very, very basic website, and he, he didn't know very much about websites in general. He also needed a logo design, so we do that as well. That's, I don't do that. I, I have uh, two people that work for me that, that uh, on a freelance basis that do web design and and not, I'm sorry, not web design, logo design and branding mm-hmm. from that aspect. But from the website itself, we basically take whatever we're looking for from that logo, translating throughout this website as well. So um, I'll contact my 
my designer, figure out what direction he wants to go, he thinks will work best for them, and then we'll translate it into the rest of the site. So you kind of have a, a, uh, a uniform feel when you're looking at the website that it's not two different parts. You're not looking at a logo and a website. You're looking at a whole uniform theme going on. And it's important for that to be seamless. Speaking of seamless, you are listening to R.E. Lightstone at Tech Talk here on the Nachum Siegel Network, nachumsegel.com, jmintheaim.org, sponsored as always by Adorama Camera, much more than a camera store. Visit them in person, 42 West 18th Street, or check them out online with a beautiful, beautiful website at adorama.com. So, Yaakov, you are articulating very, very well to the audience the importance of having a seamless nature in between your brand or your image as well as the the website. That is really your address. That's your storefront on the web. What more is there than having the storefront? How, if, if, if I'm a small um, company that's just starting up, is it important just to be there for marketing purposes? Is it important to have an e-commerce component to what I do? Is it important to, to have social media tied into that? Do you deal with those components? And if you do, how do you begin to evaluate where you're supposed to start? Google+, Twitter, you know, there are, lot, there are lots of components that are out there. How do you even begin to have that conversation with somebody who might be bookkeeping for 25 years but now is looking to be active there on the web? Well, it's always very important to, to build your client base. And right now, that's where the clients are going. They're looking on social media. They're looking on, on Facebook. They're looking on Twitter. Even LinkedIn is a, is a huge thing for business. They want to know what's out there, what kind of services they can get, how to promote their own business. And, and that's what I'll do for them. You know, I'll, I'll speak to them and see what, what their niche market is and then try to expand on that and, and make sure that they, they target the right people so that they can bring in more business. That's all, all this stuff is really about, is, is about adv- advancing your own company, advancing your own business, and, and, and getting more clients. Because if you are not reaching the right people, you're not getting clients. Right. So it's not just putting up a billboard on, on, you know, a busy street, which is, you know, the internet superhighway. It's much more than that. It's strategically finding out where to put, uh, your sign, if you will, but then figuring out how to drive people to that sign. On, on that note, and we've had in the past, uh, some really clever guys speak to us about SEO, the search engine optimization. Do you work on the back end on the sites as well? Do you refer people to that? Is that an important component today? How, how do you evaluate that? We take that all into account when we have this initial conversation of what their goals are. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we do offer that kind of service. Um, I haven't directly worked with anybody yet that has needed it, but it's not something that, that you know, I can't handle. Obviously, that's something that we're, we're happy to offer. Um, from that aspect, we do try to work with the best search engines in terms of how to get them optimized for the search engines. And then from there, we'll... We'll make sure that they're, uh, you know, obviously there's no guarantees because this is really, I don't want to say hit or miss, but it's really up to whatever the search engines decide that day that they're going to be promoting. So it's really doing your best to make sure that you're hitting the right keywords for people to search, hitting the right uh, content that's in your website, and even imagery as well is very important. So all those things are taken into account when building a website and make sure that you're reaching the right people. Right, so what I'm hearing from you is a couple of different things, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I think this is really important out there for our listeners, that there's a couple of different components that are involved in having a web presence. Certainly, you know, being able to have people search for you uh, or find you if they're looking for something is really important. But the second component, I think, is let, let's assume I'm choosing in between three bookkeeping companies, and, and the way that at least I find most of the people that I'm using on a day-to-day basis is via word of mouth. I'll ask my friends who they're using for bookkeeping, who they're using for construction, who they're using for whatever else it would be. But the second thing I do immediately after that, and I might ask that question via email, even Twitter, um, certainly in person if I can, uh, would be to go ahead and check out their website. And uh, in that direction, it sounds to me that, that this gives a tremendous amount of um, security to potential people who are checking out the company, even if they didn't find you by looking and, like you said, sort of hit or miss, depending on what the search engine decided that day are the important keywords, but being able to have a, a significant presence on the web and, I guess, in social media as well, uh, you know, is going to increase the odds of using that company. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not just building that website. It's building social media profiles across the landscape, you know, starting with the Facebook, starting with the Twitter, LinkedIn, and moving it from there. There are plenty of other things that, that 
SEO takes into account. But it's really just getting word of mouth out there for sure. Referrals is very important. You always speak to your friends and seeing, you know, that's how any business grows, especially a local smaller business, which is mostly what I'm dealing with Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. I don't deal with the, you know, Fortune 500s. Obviously, I'd like to, but, you know, I don't have the manpower or the time to really do it at this time. But uh, from a... uh, from the local standpoint, you really want to make sure that your friends are really talking about it, and referrals is the key to any business. So starting with social media, you have to have your friends posting for you. You have to have um, other people coming to your page and viewing it and liking it, and then that boosts up your ranking in the search engines as well. So you mentioned three things that I just want to highlight to the audience out there because I think it's so, uh, you know, it's the common refrain that we hear from almost all the entrepreneurs out there. One of the one of the favorite ways that an entrepreneur has ended a sentence on a radio show is yet. That, uh, you know, that, that while we might not be doing that now, it's not that we're not going to be doing it tomorrow. And there's always that, that anticipation of what the future is going to have. And that's really exciting to me. That's, that's the most exciting part of the show is that uh, you hear people with, with their dreams and what they're doing today. But, you know, we're always dreaming for more tomorrow. And I think that's, that's you know, fundamentally, I think, a, a strong tenant of our belief. But it's exciting to see people put that into practice as well. Um, so that's one one component. The other component that you mentioned, which uh, we had on Dave Weinberg, the founder of Pinterest, uh, several no, weeks ago. Pin Booster. Oh, Pin, Pin Booster. Booster. Excuse me. Yeah, Pinterest would have also been pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the founder of Pin Booster. Oh, Dave, if you heard that, I apologize. I know Dave is an avid listener, and I'll probably get a tweet or a text if I haven't already right now from him. But of Pin Booster, and and he was commenting that the value of Pinterest, which is is the value of not mouth-to-mouth referral, but you gain an online reputation. So when you can have other people refer and post for you or recommend for you, that really that's that's today's version of uh, of uh, you know yesterday's word of mouth, which uh, which I think that you highlighted. It's interesting for me to see the comparison in between the two industries uh, right there. So that's uh, that's pretty cool, also. Um, Yaakov, what do you do with the, somebody's social media presence? How do you help somebody who doesn't know anything about LinkedIn make sure that they're where they need to be in LinkedIn? Uh, it's really starting with your own, your own profile. You want to make sure that your own profile is up to date so that when people come to look at your company page and they see who you are as an individual, you know, building up this company, you want to make sure that your profile is up to date. That's the most important thing. And then from there, you want to make sure that you're offering all your services, you're showing all your offerings, and even images and, and content, and you're really staying staying current, staying active, and making sure that you're posting on a regular basis because as soon as you start, you know, lagging and falling behind, people are going to go elsewhere. They're not going to be interested in what you have to say if you're posting once a, once a year, once every six months. So you got to stay active. you got to stay current. And it's not easy because everybody has to find time to do this. It's just you have to do it or else you're going to fall behind. Right. It's not easy, and consistency is the key recipe to success. But as a LinkedIn expert, if you will, what what's with these endorsements? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> Does anybody I mean, know what's with these endorsements? For anything at yeah. this time. And, uh, you know, I don't take any real credibility into that. Right. Uh, you know, there, there's no, you know, I could say that, that you know, I, I'm, I don't, obviously you can't endorse yourself, but you can say that your, your friends are, are the best at, the best basketball player in the world, but they, they're not very good. So what, what do they really mean? Um, you know, LinkedIn is really trying to find a way to get more engagement on their site. So they're throwing these endorsements out there. The most important thing on a profile is a recommendation. Uh-huh. The written word is more important than these, you know, the skills that you think somebody has. I gotcha. So it's more important to have the recommendation than the endorsements. Good. So when somebody emails me and says, please endorse me, I've, you know, found a way to filter that so that goes straight into the box that I check, you know, exactly once a Yovel. Um, but the the when it when somebody asks to recommend them and I do like and support the services that they're offering, that does that is relevant, that is valuable? Yeah, absolutely. And I try to do as much as I can. You know, some of the people that I've worked with, some of my friends, I'll, I'll just write a, a line or two is really all that, that matters, uh, really all you need, because the more you have on a recommendation, the better off, you know, in terms of the number of recommendations, the better off. You know, it could be with somebody looking for a new job. It could be just somebody looking to advance in his current position. You know, just just getting that endorsement from a recommendation standpoint, not the endorsements that, that show the, the skills that a person has, because those those you put on a resume anyway. It's really about the referrals and the recommendations. I gotcha. 
So right after being on Tech Talk with R.E. Lightstone, immediately after that in terms of the importance has got to be recommendations on LinkedIn. And I don't say that fully tongue-in-cheek. We do have a very sophisticated audience out there. And, and we're really excited, Yaakov, to get you and your company uh, out there. If anybody's out there starting a business, has a business that doesn't have a web presence or has a web presence and you're not positive that it's actually leading to what you need it to lead to. So I strongly encourage you to reach out to Yaakov Rosenberg at Mirage Media, M-Y-R-A-J Media.com, uh, who's been gracious to be a guest of ours here on Tech Talk with R.E. Lightstone on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com and JMTheAM.org, as always, sponsored by Adorama Camera, much more than a camera store. If if you see this in all entrepreneurs sort of dream of the, the next couple of steps, can you articulate to us sort of where you see Mirage Media going in the next, we'll call it, uh, year to three years? Ideally, I'd like to triple my client base. Um, I'd like to make it more than just a part-time thing. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to be at the point where I can't handle clients, you know? Right. So I'd worry about that when I get to there, but I'd like to be at that point. And I'd like to be able to spend the time that I need to to make sure that I can reach and and support all those clients and, and really advancing in my own personal skills and what I, what I know and what, I, what I'm ready to learn. And that's really what I think the epitome of, of any small business is, is advancing and making sure that you're staying on top of your game. So I like the passion that you say that with. You know, it wasn't I want to hit this revenue goal. It wasn't that I wanted to hit this. Now, you'd like to make it full-time, which certainly makes sense. What is it about doing what you're doing with web design and social media that, that says, you know, I'm excited to get up this morning and, and not regardless of the dollars and cents. The dollars and cents obviously matter in a significant way. But w- what appeals to you about this specific industry? It's all about creativity. It really is. It's, it's opening up parts of my, I don't want to say soul because that's very, very uh, cliche, but it's opening up parts of my creativity that I've never seen before. And it's, it's reaching those those points that I, I feel like I have in me and I can easily get to that point when I'm when I'm doing this kind of work. And it's really, it's, it's meeting with the clients, it's understanding their goals and their needs and trying to advance that as well. See, that that's exciting because I think when you see people, and this isn't to malign, and Tech Talk doesn't malign anything, certainly not other professions because we're very grateful for everybody. Certainly today's day and age you got a job, we're thrilled about that. But uh, but uh, there are numerous ones of my friends, and we have the conversation, uh, you know, around the Shabbos table, and they have a Good Friday, Bad Friday line. Um, and the Good Fridays are the Fridays that they get paid. The Bad Fridays are I have to wait another week until Good Friday, right? So, you know, they sort of have that line where that is the that's the thing that makes them tick. That's what gets them up in the morning to, to go do the job. And obviously they want to be excellent in that job, but it's 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 chasing the paycheck this time of the season. Please, God, it's chasing a bonus, and everybody out there should be – very successful and get the bonuses that they've worked hard for, and uh, and that'll be great. We again, I think that's exciting. But when you say that it does something for your soul, that, that's special. I think that really is what Tech Talk is all about, and finding people who find something that they're passionate about and can make a living. Uh, we we strongly encourage here on Tech Talk being able to make a living. We're excited about that, and you should come and be a sponsor of ours one day. Mirage Media, we're excited about that, along with Adorama Camera. Um, so, we're, again, we're not maligning uh, uh, other professions or, or discouraging people who follow their soul making a living. We'd like to think that there's ideally place for, for sort of both. If you were giving advice to Yaakov Rosenberg back in Yeshiva University probably a decade ago now, would there have been something else that you would have done in addition to what you did in school in order to better prepare you for the small business world or the world of entrepreneurism? Uh, it's really just advancing creativity. It's, again, I know that I've said that already, but it's really making sure that you don't put yourself in a box that you can't get out of. Okay. There are m- many other p- professions that I know firsthand that people do, like you said, that do that don't love it. And it's really making sure that you're, you, you enjoy what you do, picking the profession that you like, and staying, staying the course, you know, through the hard times and the bad times. And, and even the good times, there's some good times that don't last. So making sure that you... You don't put yourself in that box, and you make sure that you, you focus on your creative aspects and, and really push from there. Okay. Now, I want you to respond to something, and I hope I'm not pushing too hard in this direction, but I think it was now making it up. I wish I paid more attention in history the same way I should have paid more attention at MIS, but uh, maybe it was Napoleon, and it probably wasn't, who said, if you want to take the island, you got to burn the boats. Um, 
we'll give him credit for the statement. Anybody else can tweet in uh, if if I've misquoted that, which I'm sure I have. Um, if you were giving another entrepreneur advice, uh, you know, having a full-time job while building your own business versus saying, you know what, I'm going to do this no matter what and to make it work, you've obviously chosen and, and for reasons that you certainly don't need to share with me or the audience, but if you were to give advice or, or share the pros and the cons to doing both at the same time versus potentially, you know, burning the boats to take the island, uh, you just share your thoughts on that for a couple moments if you don't mind. Um. I think it really goes to the to the fact that you have to make sure that you have time for everything, and that's not always easy. It's making sure you have time for your personal life as well as your professional life, because you don't want to get burned out after a week or two weeks of, of trying in a new business. Um, anybody that's going to start a new business has goals in mind, but things are not always easy. Things don't always take off, especially in a business like mine. You have to get clients. And if you're not getting clients, you're not doing any work. So there are times where I'll be, you know, sitting at home and, and looking for clients and not finding any, but there are also times where I'll be very busy, and I'd rather be much busier than than not busy. You know, I said it to my wife the other day, you know, I wish I was working right now. And that's not always something that I would have said two or three years ago sure. when I wasn't doing this kind of work because I really do enjoy it and I really do like what I'm doing and really pulling out that creativity. But I'd like to be busy. I always want to be busy. And that's something that I think that any entrepreneur in any business has to take into account and has to really focus on to make sure that they, they, they succeed. Right. And what I'm also hearing from you now is that, look, not all entrepreneurs and not all businesses are created equally. So there are some businesses that in order to, to create and to build, you got to create and you got to build it. There are other businesses that are best done, you know, ramping them up. Uh, and doing it slowly and carefully and making sure that each customer is a satisfied customer. Each customer becomes an ambassador of your business every place that they go. And why burn the bridge behind you? Because if you have a good job, and it certainly sounds like you do and that you're excelling in that, and you can build something that potentially can go out on its own at some point in time in the future, you may as well do that. And that, that to me is exciting. I think that's a lesson. We do have numerous guests who sort of come on and say, you got to do this, and if you're not doing it all the way, it's not going to get done, and, and I think it's important to be able to weigh and to understand that, that not all new businesses are created equal. And, uh, and Yaakov, it sounds like you've created quite a, quite a cool business. Again, I want to plug what you're doing once more, website, design, implementation, social media, Yaakov Rosenberg, dear friend, leader in this field, Mirage Media, spelled M-Y-R-A-G-R-A-J, excuse me, media.com. You should check him out and, uh, and see him online, be in touch, and, and see if he can help. Uh, your business to succeed. Yaakov, any parting words that you'd like to leave with the Nahum Siegel audience here on Tech Talk? If anybody's curious about my company name, it stands for my kids' names and my wife's names. Malki, Yosef, Rizki, Eliza, and my wife, Julie. So everything is all focused on that all the time. So it, it, whenever I look at that name, I focus on them and it keeps me going. So uh, best of luck to you, Ari, and thank you very much for having me on. I like that. You know, I was going to make a comment about the name because it seems like almost everybody in the world of tech has some interesting name, and I, I don't know where at Google. I'm saying, <laughs> like, who thought that was a great idea? Obviously, it was. So, uh, or yeah, I'm saying there are interesting names that are out there. That that means a lot, and uh, and that's very special. Keep keep the eye on the prize, and and please God, you'll be very successful. Thank you for coming on today, Yaakov. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. You've been listening to Tech Talk here with R.E. Lightstone on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com, jmintheam.org, sponsored, as always, by Adorama Camera, Adorama.com. You can find them in person, 42 West 18th Street, or see them online, Adorama.com. That, to me, was really exciting because it's a chance that, you know, I, I was in Yeshiva University with Yaakov. Uh, I believe we were in Shalvim together as well and uh, and had a chance to see uh, really grow, grow through the corporate world and, and to see a skill that made him more valuable to his current job and to be able to see, hey, I can grow that skill and not only be valuable in my current job, it um, not only be valuable in my current job, but also to be able to grow and perhaps to do some stuff, you know, on the outside. So I think that was pretty, pretty interesting. I'm, I'm very excited for the next guest that we have for, for two different reasons. Reason number one is that we have a guest uh, here in the studio, and to have a guest in the studio, uh, in addition to my uh, companion partner and, and, and dear helper, ZK, who makes sure that things actually run here uh, on Tech Talk here with R.E. Lightstone. But uh, it's much more 
fun to be able to see somebody and to be able to react and to read to them as opposed to radio over the phone is a little bit more challenging. So I'm excited to have uh, David Prince uh, here in studio with us today. David, how are you? I'm great, thank God. Thanks for having me. It is nice to have you here. Uh, the second reason why I'm excited to have him here in studio is, is you know, you sort of hear names of people. And uh, and I, I'd like to think that, uh, you know, before the Internet, the Jews pretty much had a, um, I don't know, the Jews, that sounds like we could be like getting a phone call from the ADL or Wiesenthal any time in the very near future. It seems like the close-knit chevra that, uh, that seems to exist in our world sort of was linked in. Uh, or Facebook before there wasn't LinkedIn or Facebook, and you, you hear different names. And if you're a basketball player, you hear about the basketball players. And if you're a hockey player, you hear about the hockey players. If you're a masmid in yeshiva, you probably hear about the other masmidim. I didn't hear so much, unfortunately, about them. That wasn't the circle that I traveled nearly as much in. But the guys who got stuff done, uh, the entrepreneurs, the people who were leaders in chesed and, and, and innovation, uh, and there was a name that I kept hearing, and I was really privileged. Probably three, four years ago, we finally met actually face-to-face and, and have continued to watch his uh, meteoric rise. Uh, and uh, and now we have a chance I can corner him and ask him all the questions that he normally avoids when I try to take him out to lunch. So, uh, David, it's nice to have you here today. It's great to be here. Have zero pressure. Uh, so, David Prince, where are you from? I am from Highland Park, New Jersey. Highland Park's a great place. And where did you go to school? Um, I went to RPY for elementary school, and uh, then I went to a school called Mays, Moshe Aaron Yeshiva High School, uh, for high school. Okay, and then following Mays, what did you do? Following Mays, I, I had the amazing privilege of spending time in uh, Yeshiva, in Eretz Yisrael. I went to Reshit, and uh, upon my return, I, uh, I went to Yeshiva University, um, in the Sai Sim School of Business, majoring in marketing. Okay, now most of... Well, I was going to go somewhere in terms of most of the people that I've met who major in marketing, uh, including my contemporaries who were majoring marketing, wasn't necessarily the guys who I always pinned to be sort of leading the pack. But but you've taken a new take on marketing, um, and uh, and tell me sort of what you do. And uh, and I know there's some things that we can't necessarily talk about, but I'm I'm really interested in terms of how you got your start in business in the first place. Um, so it's actually a pretty crazy story, uh, as most business stories are. Um, I started as a intern at a clothing company, um, and one of the, the the roles in my department in the in the marketing and public relations department uh, was to try to find different celebrities who are interested in getting involved in not only the clothing uh, brand and label, but their charity as well. Uh, the only problem is, being a white Jewish boy from Highland Park, New Jersey, uh, there weren't too many celebrities that I knew, um, and so I so I realized that that you know my best bet is to. Just keep building my network, uh, keep, uh, keep reaching out to different people. And, uh, eventually, over time, I'll, 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 I'll be able to have, uh, to have my network and, uh, be able to contribute back to the company as well. Uh, and I was privileged through one of those crazy long, you know, long lines of a friend of a friend of a friend, uh, who knew a professional basketball player who was able to, uh, to corner him for lunch. And, uh, I had the privilege to sit down with him. And, uh, at that lunch, I made my pitch. I asked him if he was interested, and surprisingly, uh, he said yes. And uh, now I'm I'm sitting there thinking, as a as a young as a young guy in high school, big basketball fan. Now what? <laughs> we didn't even order. And uh, and wait and, a second, you did the ask before you ordered? I, I guess I was excited. Hey now, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was excited. Yeah. So uh, so I gave him the pitch, and uh, and and he he accepted. So uh, so from there. We just kind of schmoozed, and he ended up calling me um, two days later, uh, and I was kind of surprised. I didn't, I didn't have his number, didn't know who, who you know who was calling. It was the last day of school, and uh, I remember getting the phone call, and uh, deep voice gets on Prince. I said yes. He said, "Hey, what's going on? I just wanted to thank you for lunch." I said, "Thank you for lunch. Thank, thank me. Thank you. I appreciate your time. I know you know you're not in in, in the city all that often, especially during the off season, and." Um, and he said, you know, I'd love to talk about some ways we could work together. I'm thinking, work together? What's that mean? He wants me to be his ball boy, shine his shoes. So I said, uh, so I said, okay, sure. You know, let's see where he's going with this. And, uh, and he said, uh, the only thing is I could only meet with you tomorrow. And I said, great. Until I realized tomorrow is Shabbos. And I said, uh, unfortunately, I'm sorry, tomorrow's not going to work. He said, I'm telling you, tomorrow's the only day I'm in town. 
he explained his whole schedule. He's going down to Florida, and then he's going to Las Vegas, and he, he's not going to be back until he plays the Knicks or the Nets. And I said, um, I said, I said, yeah, I just, I'm sorry, I don't think it's going to work. And he said, I'll call you back. So I turned to my friends who were who were anticipating how this phone call was going to end, and uh, and I said, I, I just don't think it's going to work. I, I'm not sure what's going to happen. He called me five minutes before Shabbos, asked me. Um, again, what my schedule was. Is there any way I can make it work tomorrow? And I'm thinking of different options, different possibilities. Maybe if he comes to my house in Isla Park, we could schmooze. Uh, it, it just wasn't happening. I, I can just picture that. Mom and my friends come over to play. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who's that, Ryan? Okay. Exactly. <laughs> can I offer him a bowl of chili? <laughs> and, um, and, and I said, each time he was asking me, it was killing me more and more. And I said, I, I'm sorry. I just, I, I'm not available. And he said, uh, he said, what's your schedule next week? Uh, thinking to myself, next week, first week of summer. I said, I should be someone available. He said, uh, okay, great. So I, I'll have someone reach out to you. They'll send you a ticket and you'll come out to my house and, and we'll meet in Las Vegas. Okay. <laughs> I said, sure, sure. <laughs> so I spent pretty much all Shabbos convincing my parents that, uh, this guy had no clue that uh, he had no clue that I was as young as I was and as inexperienced as I was, and uh, he was taking me seriously, and uh, I kind of have to play along. And that's exactly what I did, and, and thank God my, you know, my parents you know, have always been, been supportive of, um, of, of, of my different interests and, uh, and allowed me to go, if I could say. I was going to say, did you have to have one of those unaccompanied minor uh, stickers on the plane over to meet your uh, Something client? like that. I was just shy of 18. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and, and so when I went there, um, uh, we discussed, uh, the different roles that, that, that he was looking for, for me to play in the marketing and, and PR, uh, uh, sphere. And, um, I told him, I, I told him, sure. I, I told him I'd love to do it. Uh, the only problem is, is, is I knew a lot about what he was interested in, but I didn't really have any experience in it. Um, but I figured out, I figured out that even though I didn't really know and I didn't have experience in those specific areas, I'd figure it out. I'd make it work um, because I think that when most people, uh, you know, have that drive to just get something done, they almost need to be forced in a corner. Um, and I certainly was. So uh, that was that was a start. Within two weeks, leaving his house uh, in Las Vegas, uh, we were successful in securing him an endorsement deal, some positive PR uh, representation. Um, and I, I remember turning to myself and, and thinking, if I can do this for one guy, I can do this for other guys too. And so that was the start of my company, Prince Management. Um, and that it's, it's, been, it's been an amazing experience ever since. That is incredible. Um, the second piece for the audience listening out there is really where I heard about, uh, heard about David um, wasn't really with Prince Management. It was as an up-and-coming star in NCSY. For those who don't know, I had the privilege of being the regional director of the New York region of NCSY for uh, seven years, and I think I only lost out once to New Jersey in terms of trying to recruit the top staff, and that was when I was told that Prince was staying home, uh, right? It's, when, when, when the college coach loses the guy to the, to the pros, I felt, uh, you know, when I lost, uh, when I lost Prince to, uh, to New Jersey, that was, uh, that was a loss for uh, for the New York region, but a gain in general for NCSY. And, and having watched David in action with NCSYers, to me, it's just so interesting that you can have somebody who can react to a 16-year-old, um, somebody can react to a 16-year-old public school kid, a 17-year-old yeshiva kid, or a basketball player, or the people who are doing the marketing. And, and he's not a chameleon. A chameleon is somebody who blends in and sort of fades away in whatever the environment they're at. But uh, but uh, but David, uh, and you can follow him at Twitter, at Prince David, at Prince David on Twitter, um, doesn't blend in where he goes. He fits in, but stands out. And I think that's a very important thing. And I'm going to ask him more questions about that in a minute, just as a friendly reminder to all of you listening out there, and thank you for doing so. Uh, you are listening to Tech Talk here with R.E. Lightstone. Guest today is David Prince of Prince Management. Follow him on Twitter at Prince David, at Prince David, D-O-V-I-D. Listening on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com, JMInTheAM.org. Sponsored by Adorama Camera, much more than a camera store, Adorama.com. So, David Prince, other than having a great name for a management company, um, 
At what point in time did you, or what balances have you had to make to continue to be a normal um, high school student, student in Israel, college student, uh, participant in NCSY? I can see having made that first phone call, dropping out of college, leaving the community. I, I, I don't know what I, how I would have reacted to that opportunity, but it seems like you've done sort of everything that's expected of somebody else and run a business. And, and not an easy business either. How have you managed that balance in between, I'll call it work and life? So, you know, through this experience, I've, I, you know, I've learned firsthand that, that really everything in life comes down to a balance and comes down to not just a regular balance, but a healthy balance. Um, and, 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 and I think that's why I'm able to maintain my passion in business, my passion in my personal religious life, as well as my involvement in NCSY, um, and so on. So, so I think, um, I think at the end of the day, it, it, for me, um, you know, I remember the moment when when I was um, making the decision to go to to, to yeshiva in Israel, and uh, and there was a there was a colleague of mine who who's not religious, um, not not religious at all, and and he made some comment to me saying, "You're totally crazy. Why would you leave? You have an office in the city. You have a successful business. You have clients. You're making money. It, it, it's a it's an amazing start." Why would you go and throw that all away right. to go to Israel? Um, and and I think uh, I, I just remember taking the train home that day after after he made that comment and thinking, you know, I know this is important to me. I know that I'm making the right decision, but why? And I kept trying, you know, to dig deeper, and I realized that thank God, all of this amazing experience and, and successes has not just come. From nowhere, and as as talented as as we all have to be, to you know to play the game and to be in the field and 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 to put in our shtadlis, it all comes from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And so therefore, um, if I would go ahead and spend it, spend spend time learning in yeshiva, um, it wouldn't be a, uh, a, a a it wouldn't hurt the business, but rather it would be an investment in the business and an investment in me. That's that to me is very inspiring. It's uh you know one one of the things just to move back to the NCSY piece for a minute, you know. Having worked as a regional director for for quite a while, um, and this being my first year not doing that on a full time basis, uh, some people always ask me what I miss most, and the answer is the inspiration. They're like, "You mean inspiring?" And the answer is no. I miss the inspiration that you see advisors and staff and and teens that inspire you. That was one uh, probably the best part about being involved with NCSY is you would run into uh, people not quite like David, but, uh, you know, David and, 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 and teens, et cetera. And, and you walked away being inspired and, and you're like, wow, that's, that's great bang for the buck. Cause I'm actually getting paid to inspire. And all I'm doing is making sure that all these awesome people show up in one place. And, and it sort of does, does the work for you. And, um, that's, uh, that's to me is incredibly interesting. Um, I'm concerned about asking the next question, so feel free to give me the wave off if if you decide no. Did did you continue the business while you were in Israel to a degree? I did. And did you? To what reaction did you get from the yeshiva that you were at at the time? Um. So 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 I'll answer that question, and I'll also uh, uh, just just bring in another point. What was the reaction of the clients? Okay. Um, being <laughs> the point being uh, on the other side of the country. Uh, the yeshiva was was uh, very receptive and uh, very uh, supportive. Um, one of the things that I did when I made that transition was was I kind of you know I kind of told some of the clients that I was working with um, that whereas whereas the pay structure was set up a little bit as a salary and commission basis, um, I said I said let's let's cut the salary completely and let's increase the uh, the commission. And uh, the goal of, of 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 that structure of what I was trying to to you know to to express them was that even though I'm on the other side of the world and even though I'm doing something for me, I want you to know I'm still doing something for you, mm-hmm. and that and that you know you shouldn't have to feel like you know you, you know you're throwing away your money, but if you feel that you're getting a return on your investment, then let's keep this going, and if not, then you know we'll part ways. The word balance comes to mind again. Uh, it's uh, it, it needs to be a win for them. It needed to be a win for you. And the commission structure was some that enabled everybody to walk away, if it worked, with the things in the right place. 
just for the audience that's out there, and I, you know, I hope that uh, I hope that David's parents have a listen to this, and and uh, and those uh, uh, people who were involved in making the decision at Rashid at that point in time, I'm sure that none of those were vanilla answers. I'm sure that these aren't questions that they get get asked every day. But tremendous credit to, to those parties, and I'm sure there are other parties that have played a a, a very significant role in 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 David's success. And and being outside the box is not easy to do in our community. And if you were listening at the very beginning of the show. One of the things that we're trying to accomplish here at Tech Talk is while many of our community do fit into a box and it's a beautiful box and it's a successful box and, and, and please God, we should continue to grow and expand that box. But there are individuals um, who, and maybe more than individuals, who with creativity and, and other aspects of, of their skill set, that, that God-given talent that don't fit necessarily in that box or would be stifled in that box. And we're sitting here with with one right now in 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 our uh, in our studio, uh, David Prince, uh, founder and CEO of Prince Management. How do they find you other than on Twitter? Can they they can go to how do, phone number, website? What what do you want to give out, David? Uh, we have a website. It's uh, www.princemgnt.com. Um, I know your uh, previous guest was talking about LinkedIn. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, and uh, and online. And online. Okay, so and I would encourage. Do you only work with athletes? Who who else do you work with? So we've worked with um, uh, different types of athletes, ranging from uh, different sports, uh, recording artists, as well as corporate clients uh, and non for profit. So just what? As I'm guessing, most of our audience probably are are not professional athletes. As I don't think the majority of anybody's audience are professional athletes. But let's assume that we've got corporate clients and uh, and not for profits uh, uh, galore. Uh, listening, what could Prince Management do for them? Um, that's a great question. I, I think it definitely depends in, in terms of a, a per per situation basis. Um, a lot of the things that that, that we focus on, is, you know, is is based around um, when 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 people kind of hit hit certain walls of uh, of you know this is kind of how we've been doing it. Um, our motto is to come in with creativity and and break down those walls and find different ways to 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 penetrate the market different ways to to accomplish your goals and different ways to make money got it and for the not for profits because perhaps their goal isn't necessarily to make money but they would use prince management in order to approach their goals differently is well, that management consulting what just drill down a little bit further for me yeah you. it's de- it's de- it's definitely in the you know in the in the department of management uh, consulting, but one thing that I've always felt, and I'm sure you can uh, uh, definitely relate to this as well with your NCSY experiences, is um, is the concept. And 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 thank thankfully a lot of non for profits have been jumping on this bandwagon. But to treat non for profits like businesses, mm-hmm. because if you want to make money or if you want to raise money, you gotta you, you gotta operate like a business. Sure. And um and I think that's actually one of the great things that NCSY. Uh, and the OU in general have have really been involved with um, in, in in professionalizing their system and 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 really focusing on uh, the business aspects because when you focus on those areas that's that's how you're able to generate uh, generate more funds as well as as, as just look good uh, a, you know a major aspect is the PR aspect and when it comes to non for profits it's 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 being relevant it's being known and it's being out there so. At the, at, not at the very least, but I'm saying a, a, an important component that Prince Management can bring to corporations, can bring to not-for-profits, certainly can bring to athletes and recording artists and an assortment of celebrities is a significant presence out there, and that presence will oftentimes translate into dollars, endorsement, or advertising, whatever else it might be. Um, have you found, and I'm just you know sort of shooting the breeze in this particular direction, there's a new found celebrity that exists out there, and I would call it the high-tech celebrity. That uh, that uh, I'd have to imagine to book Zuckerberg for something has got to be you know incredibly difficult, um, and the value that would have him endorsing. I'm not positive what I would want him to endorse, but is that a clientele that you've looked at in terms of as a growth industry? If if Zuckerberg uh, was looking for a publicist and, and wanted to call me, I would be definitely interested in uh, in talking. But but I don't think. Do you have a Facebook page that we can possibly refer him to as opposed to just a Twitter handle? Well, that's a little awkward. Um, he can follow you on Twitter at Prince David. Go exactly. Ahead. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I, you know, it's interesting. The, those those people I would I would I would put more in the category of 
of business celebrities, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, and and I would compare them uh, in the same in the same uh, same industries as 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 you know speakers like like Donald Trump and and Mark Cuban and uh, and the rest of them, but I wouldn't necessarily uh, uh, um, compare them to to the mainstream pop culture celebrity, mm-hmm. and so therefore I think that the, that the way that they go about their their image in general is uh, definitely different. Okay, great. Um, and one of the advantages to following uh, uh, David Prince on Twitter, and I, I've been doing so for a while, is you do get to see very interesting articles that relate to an industry that, frankly, without being connected to David, I'm, I'm fascinated by, but probably wouldn't get a chance to drill down and see more in-depth pieces on. And I'd like to ask you about that. There was recently a um, an auction, a bidding war for one of the larger talent agencies that was out there. I think it went for two-point-something billion. It, it went for, for real, real money. Um, not that 200 million wouldn't have also been real, real money. Uh, how do you see the development of, of Prince management vis-a-vis, uh, sort of the larger world where it seems to be they just keep getting larger and larger and larger in terms of these, uh, these agencies? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's actually really interesting what's going on right now with, uh, with the talent agency, um, in general because, um, it, it seems like as if, as if everyone uh, you know, just wants to wants to jump on. Right. We have Jay Z opening up a uh, a a uh, you know a company, um, as well as uh, you know some other rappers who also want to. So it's interesting how uh, how the celebrities are now representing celebrities, whereas it used to be the businessmen and the lawyers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, so it's interesting to see how that how that will evolve. Um, but 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 definitely with uh, with with uh, you know WME closing. Uh, you know the deal with 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 IMG is 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 huge, um, and and definitely makes them uh, almost like a monopoly. Right, which is interesting. You know, listening on uh, to to some of the sports radio that's out there, or some of the reading some of the articles. You know, they joke that the the Knicks may as well be. I think it's CAA. Is that right? That 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 the agency represents so many players on the Knicks that they feel that even executive decisions are being handled almost by. That agency, I'm sure that's not the case. There's got to be collusion or whatever else that would go with that. But, but that that agencies can play such a such a critical mark is is really a fascinating concept. Um, if you look at the history of sport and and free agency is not that old. I think we're probably pushing the third decade now, maybe the start of the fourth. I think it's the third decade historically. I don't I don't know if you're a history of of free agency or not. Um, uh, we don't have a lot of time left. You are listening to R.E. Lightstone on Tech Talk, the Nachum Siegel Network, nachumsiegel.com, jmandtheam.org, sponsored by Adorama Camera. Please go and check them out at adorama.com or visit them in person, 42 West 18th Street. I have two questions left, and they sort of go to my, uh, we'll call it Ruchni side. Speaking of the soul, as our first guest uh, wanted to uh, to mention, and, and when you spoke about your first client who who you didn't find him as a client, he found you as a representative, which is which is interesting. We should all be blessed uh, with customers in that direction. But you had your conflict with Shabbos. To me, it strikes me as you say, guys like Jay Z are getting into this industry. This cannot be an easy industry with kosher and with Shabbos, and 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 I can't even imagine the other challenges that exist over there. So for our audience that are thinking, is this a profession for a good Jewish boy? How often have you wound up with with a significant challenge to what you could or could not do to grow your business? That's a great question. I'm not sure exactly uh, um, how most people would define the challenge because I think I think really it's it's your definition of the challenge and 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 especially when it comes to 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 the area of uh, of religion, it's certainly a personal challenge. Um, but one thing that I will say is 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 having the mentors. In the business world and in the religious world that I have, and some of them are, are, are you know, I'm pleased to say overlap, uh, you know, really beautifully. Um, I've definitely been able to 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 build the sense of of that, you know, f- you're a Jew first, and everywhere you go, you you walk around, you know, I'll tell you that, that there's a that there's a well-known story that happened with with someone else, but but a similar story happened happened with me. Um, where, where it happens to be that wherever I go, I, I, I walk around with a, with a, with a yarmulke. And, uh, one of the guys that I was working with, who happens to be a, uh, an, a black basketball player said to me, he said, he said, you know, Prince, you've got it good. Wherever you go, you can go ahead, you can take off your yarmulke, you can put it on, you can choose to be a Jew. He says, me, I'm black. Wherever I go, I'm black. And uh, it reminded me of uh, of that story that happened to to someone else as well. But but it's true, and it's it's quite profound because 
because who you are is based on based on the way that you decide to carry yourself. So it's been an amazing framework for me to you know to build myself around, and uh, hopefully I've been able to, to 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 use that as a springboard to to show other people that that there is no industry that a, a firm person can't be in and can't be successful if they understand which foot to put forward first. And that's the critical piece. Know know where you're coming from and know where you're going to take the next step. If you do that with with planning, and it sounded like from the very first story that uh, that uh, okay, if you can only meet with you on Saturday, it's obviously not a meeting that's uh, that's meant to happen. As you were mentioning, it's the end of school, so that's why you couldn't meet with him Saturday night at that point in time. I imagine you know you probably had a bedtime back then. But, uh, <laughs> we're, we're not going to get too far into that. I, I want to share with our audience probably our first professional interaction. Our professional interaction was in the not-for-profit world. We were doing Jump together, which is an NCSY leadership uh, program, and uh, and uh, we had had the, this convention that uh, that David had brought a team of of outstandingly uh, great teens from the New Jersey area too, and they were motivated and excited. And a lot of that had to do with I think the the teens that uh, that uh, that David Prince helped to select, but also in terms of their leadership they they had. And the kids were were objectively awesome kids as well, as most kids can, can and are. Um, and then Hurricane Sandy came, and uh, what was funny is we prepared during the whole conference to do various different things and how well planned things need to be and professionalism and marketing and everything else like that. Uh, and then uh, we were in Long Island and, I, and there was a baby in the middle of Sandy and all these things. And I became very insular and, and really only caring about making it to the next day. And I start following this Twitter uh, because I guess uh, uh, David had, had referred the, the Twitter handle, which was uh, Jump New Jersey. And next thing you know, to me, just reading the articles and what they're writing about, they're single-handedly saving New Jersey from the devastation of Sandy. And the next thing I get is, I I didn't pick up a phone, I just followed on Twitter, is we're invited to the um, court, to the courthouse, to the town hall of Newark, and these... Uh, young men and women, and and David and I don't remember your colleague's name, so I apologize if you want to give her a shout out. Uh, it was Esty Hurt and uh, Rena Ackerman. There you go. Esty Hurt and Rena Ackerman are being honored by uh, Cory Booker, now Senator Cory Booker, at that point in time, Mayor uh, Booker in Newark for outstanding leadership. And I'm sitting there, holy cow! You know, we went from a conference talking about making a difference to I think they're lighting the candles in the st- in the in the in the town in the town hall and being honored uh, with a beautiful Dvar Torah by by Mayor Booker also that uh, that uh, that day. And I just sat there and I said, this is this is pivoting. This is we might have had a plan, but we've adapted and we've changed. We've adopted and and we're going to go ahead and we're going to execute. J- just share with the audience, sort of as the closing message, how you brought your uh, ingenuity, pass it on to the teens, and we're able to make that pivot last year. To me, to me, it was very heartwarming to to see what you guys were doing. So I'll tell you, you know, it's it's funny that you're asking me this. I mean, you should really be asking the kids because I had very little to do with it. Um, and that's one of the amazing things. And and you know, I, you mentioned earlier before that 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 you got paid to inspire, but really, you know, they were inspiring you. And 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 that's that's one of the main reasons why why I choose to be involved with with NCSY. Uh, to see kids who, who who react in such a proactive way to to such a devastation was was inspiring to say the least. And uh, what they did was they went ahead and 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 they created this organization Sundays for Sandy, and they donated their Sundays to 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 clean up. Uh, it was amazing to me. And uh, Cory Booker found out about it and 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 reached out to. Uh, to us to uh, to invite us and, and to speak to us, which was an amazing experience. Yeah, and it was very exciting. And, and just uh, for everybody out there, I'm not positive that Cory Booker was following like you know TABC News or Fresh Hotlines or whatever else. It was this was because you guys not only did what you did and you gave of your time and the teens gave of their time Sundays for Sandy, but they made sure that that they were Mikdash Shem Shemaim that they that they sanctified the name of God uh, through Twitter through Facebook and and were active and and relevant. And those people who know Senator Booker, I think he's got 1.4 million Twitter followers. He's Incredibly active uh, on Twitter, and he's used that uh, to propel himself really into the national spotlight. And credit to to David Prince, our, our guest here on Tech Talk, and the teams of NCSY and Rena and Esty uh, for being such leaders and uh, and being able to to really make a difference, and not only make a difference quietly, but to make a difference where the community needed people to take a leadership. And I thought that was great. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Tech Talk here with Arya Leitzman. We've had two outstanding guests, Yaakov Rosenberg from Mirage Media and David Prince. You can follow him at Prince David. 
uh, or go to princemgnt.com and find out more about what David can do for you. You've been listening to the Nachum Siegel Network, nachumsegel.com, jmintheam.org, sponsored as always by Adorama Camera, much more than a camera store. Can't wait to speak to you next time here on Tech Talk. Have an excellent day.